and welcome to the Full Course Show Jumping Podcast. I'm Will Fletcher, and as always, I'm joined by Sam Gerard May. And this week, our guests are young rider Harry Charles and Kate Sweeney from this month's sponsors at Equitrade. But Will, before we begin, we've got some exciting news, haven't we? There is, and it's exciting news for everyone, isn't it, Sam? Over on the British Show Jumping Podcast, they announced saying that shows in Britain are starting again, which I'm extremely excited about. And, you know, going to our first show on Thursday, I cannot wait, I have to say. What what do you think about all this happening again? I think it's really exciting, as you said. Loads of people have been waiting for the moment they can go to shows. So I think that it's great that the sport is moving and, yeah. you know, a lot of riders have spent time with their young horses. So it's good that they can go and put that into practice at a live show. Definitely, definitely. I know for myself it's been... It's been too long and I can't wait to get back in. Starting off with Discovery and I've never been more excited. But moving on, this week's guest is Harry Charles, who is an international show jumper, to say the least. He's I've had the pleasure of being on European teams with him and Nations Cup Young Rider teams. It's He's you know, a great rider, great young rider, and it's really good to uh, catch up with him this week. Our guest this week is a multiple-time young rider medalist. It's great to have him with us. We welcome Harry Charles onto the podcast. Hi, guys. How are you doing? And thank you for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on, Harry. It's great to have you on. Um, how have you and the family been coping with this lockdown period? Uh, yeah, it, we've, been, we've been coping quite well, actually. It's something new for us all. Uh, the first few weeks, actually, I didn't mind too much. It was quite nice to spend a lot of time at home. Having just got back from uh, doing five weeks in Sunshine Tour, um, so yeah, it's 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 been it's been not too bad. Now I definitely say we're getting a bit bored, so we could do it for a show or two now to get going again. Fantastic. Um, obviously, you've just mentioned shows there, and I think in the UK they're just starting, and abroad international shows are beginning as well. So, what is your plan for the near future with the horses? Um, well, to be honest, I, I've tried to make a plan for the rest of the year, but it's it's pretty impossible. Um, because normally we have a goal to aim for throughout the year or even towards the end of the year, but just no certainty what, what shows are going ahead and what's not going ahead. Um, yeah, so there's a few happening next week and even this week starting. So I think we're just going to target a few maybe smaller shows, some two stars, three stars, build them up and then. Hopefully, we'll see towards the end of the year some bigger shows will be allowed to go ahead, and and yeah, we'll work towards them, and then hopefully yeah. next year we can have a blank slate and start all again. <laughs> that would be ideal. Yeah, get this Getting year very out. Fed of this. Yeah. Poor. Twenty twenty is not yeah. it. not the one. <laughs> not the one <laughs> at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to sort of take everything as it comes at the yeah. moment. Yeah, you? it's Cause... a life experience. I keep telling myself, yeah, I'm never. Gonna... <laughs> hopefully, we're never going to have to experience something like this, but. Maybe we'll oh, tell the grandkids one day or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a very positive spin on it. But anyway, we'll start, you know, reviewing your career. We'll go right back to the start. Okay. And we all know your dad, he competed at the top level of the sport for years, European champion, Olympic gold medalist. But we want to know, was show jumping always what you wanted to do? Um, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't actually, no. Not, not until I was about 14. So before that, I was actually very keen for golf I was actually not too bad at it and I enjoyed it a lot but it just got to the point where I didn't I didn't love it enough and um, 
yeah, then, then kind of riding took over and I kind of fell in love with that a bit more than the golf. So um, it was actually not until about 2011 I won a... Um, the Horse of the Year show for one two eight, and for me, I think that was a turning point. I got a good feeling, got a good buzz from it, and uh, yeah, then I, then I kind of always have wanted to ride since about about that then. But um, I was definitely having a few thoughts when I was a, a lot younger and in school. I think that's really interesting, actually. And obviously, as you mentioned, your pony career was successful on the twelve twos, the fourteen twos, the thirteen twos. If you had to pick a few moments from those early days that Ooh. stood out for you, what would you go for? Okay, I'll, I'll try and choose three. So the first one would have to be um, actually at Olympia. Um, in 2010, I think it was, I won the 128 championship on a pony called uh, Matthew's Girl. And she was an incredible pony, actually quite a famously known pony from what she did with Millie Allen. And then she, luckily we... we, we um, well, me, my Scarlett, me, my two sisters, Scarlett and Sienna, all rode her, and uh, we were all successful on her. But that was when I was about eleven years old, and I jumped the uh, one to eight class at Hoys about three months before, and it was my first time at Hoys, and I was really excited to go. I qualified, and actually, I don't know how I qualified because I wasn't there. I was I wasn't very good on the ponies at the start, <laughs> and um, I got to fence six and I fell off. <laughs> and it was awful. It was honestly awful. I was so upset. I was embarrassed. My dad was just like, oh, he, he was really sad for me. And then, so three months later, then to balance, and I won Olympia completely unexpectedly, like really completely unexpectedly. I just set off from the jump off. Like, I went like hell. I went so fast. The strides were a bit dodgy, but we ended up winning it. And it was, uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite moments. And then I think my other one would have to be a Horse of the Year show in 2014. It was a pony called Scooby-Doo um, who won the 148 Championship. And that was, I think, my second last year I had in ponies. And I came very close the year, that year to, to winning a medal individually in the Europeans. So I was a bit, not upset about that, but I thought I could have done it and I maybe let myself down, team down a bit with that so we got the hoys and um scooby-doo's at whole pony actually i didn't really win that much on it was more Aroldo who took the spotlight but um we were in the jump off and i was uh second last to go and i said jody whole was before me and she just went round and took like two seconds off the person in the lead and i went oh my god i'm never gonna catch guys <laughs> it was tix tixie licks as well Oh gosh! And Jody went round, and and she was like, yeah, the crowd were going. I was in the tunnel. My pony started spinning round in the tunnel. <laughs> she was, I think, she was doing like a lap of honour after because I didn't think I was going to be. My dad pulled me around. I said, right, we need to have a think about. It. We need to re-evaluate our plan here. He said every stride you see, turn one tighter. That's exactly what I did, and um, I just managed to get her in the end. And um, yeah, that was one of the most amazing memories still now I look back on it and watch the video and think wow I wish I could ride that fast now <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> it was awesome so on that occasion when there was a one strided double you went through on a bounce yeah well, well we tried to <laughs> <laughs> no no it was um, it was good fun and how do you think that those early days have helped you with the rest of your career um, massively I think um, in our country we, we definitely produce enough good young riders I mean I think we have the best young riders in the world by actually a long way um, I think a lot of it is 
you know, even in one two eight, we 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 have nations cups. You know, England, Scotland, Wales. And we're already uh, like at a young age taught to learn how to ride in a in a team environment, or be a team player. Um, it, it's kind of nailed into us from about twelve years old. So um, it, it's it's kind of helped all the way up through to children's, juniors, young riders. They produce very good um, team riders, I think, and and yeah, that's definitely helped me sort of help me nowadays anyway definitely i think that base has been you know really important for a lot of riders careers but you also then moved really swiftly onto horses where you're super yeah. successful in your first junior europeans where you won am i right in thinking a double silver medal on vivaldi Dijon? yeah yeah you're right double silver um i know of him and he's been a whole my horse really of um, the last five years that it's done he's definitely been the most influential so far he's in yeah and we did we did that was our first Europeans together and honestly I, I didn't have the biggest hopes going into it because he was quite a new horse to me then but yeah we um, we went into the last day I think in 14th place and I was a bit like oh you know I'd be nice to maybe get a top 10 um, we jumped the only double clear on the last day and, and we ended up second, which was amazing. And actually only uh, 0.4 faults off winning the whole thing, which was <laughs> a big incredible. shock to the system. But yeah, that was the start of something amazing with that horse. And uh, yeah, it was it was great. It was great times. He's been, he's been a super consistent horse, hasn't he? So yeah, careful, oh, but, always but, so reliable, isn't he? The most, yeah, I say, I'm, if I, if I don't think I'll ever ride one as careful as him. He'll be struggling to find hard. Him. Big at heart. Yeah, he's amazing. And all he's done for me in my career, yeah, he's mm. um, definitely going to have a big place in my heart forever. However, you know, after your success that year, which was fantastic, the year after on a different horse, yeah. it wasn't oh. quite as smooth, was it? Especially no, the first day. definitely not. Um, and that year, too, that year, 2016, probably taught me the most about it, the whole sport. And I probably learned the most in 2016 than I did at Europeans there than any other year. Um. So I had a horse, Contra, and he, he's also been an amazing horse for me the last few years again. And it was my first year getting to know him, and he'd been going really well. We've been getting some really good results. So I made the choice to take him over Vivaldi, actually, to the Europeans in Mill Street. And um, after finishing second the year before, and I, I looked back on it a year, and I thought, oh, I was only, I was, I was so, so close to winning, actually. So this year, I want to, I want to really go. You know, I want to go all out, all out and really try and, and, and push push, push as far as I can now this year. And I just got a bit carried away. To the first day, speed leg, I set off full hammer. And I was I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm right on it here. Because I was going pretty quick and um, turned into a double. And he's never done, he, he nipped out the side. The first time he's ever done it. And... The first day is a table C, so it's not like if you knock a fence down, it's only four seconds added on. And if you have a stop, it's not four penalties. It's just how fast you can whip round back and jump it and carry <laughs> on. So the only thing in my head was I got get. I didn't think about oh no, no, I just thought I have to whip back round to this double and jump it as fast as I can. And I turned him back really tight, and he did the exact same thing again. And he rang the bell, and that was eliminated on the first day. And that's incredible. Walking out of the arena, and it really hit me then. Like, oh my god! The whole year I've planned for this, and within thirty seconds, we've gone to it's gone to shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was de- I was devastated. That night, I wouldn't talk to anyone. Yeah, it was, it was tough. Yeah, it was tough. but uh, 
But it was the week didn't end off as badly nope. as that. You no, still no. put on the team. They still trusted you, and you put um, in a great performance, didn't you? And jumped was, to double yeah. clear and helped you yeah. to a team medal. Yeah, how how was it like coming back from, you know, the struggles you had on the first day, putting that behind you, and then going out and riding again, and yeah. having to put that back and just look ahead to the next day. Yeah, this is when I was saying it taught me the most. I was in, in my hotel room at night and I said, OK, there's no chance I'm going to be on my team for tomorrow. Um, and Alan Fazakli came to me at, uh, late in the evening. He said, look, I said, I know today didn't go as planned, but I, I still believe in you and I'm going to put you on my team and you're going to be last to go tomorrow. And I was a bit like, oh my God, give me a chance to really redeem myself. So I really didn't sleep much at night to be honest I was a bit still really upset from the day before but then behold the next day I woke up fresh mindset and um, managed to jump a double clear and, and I think that was one of my best moments from my whole junior young rider career that Europeans being able to jump a double clear the day after got eliminated yeah that was um, it taught me a lot because I really experienced every um, range of emotions in about 24 hours from the low low to um big high you know and we won a medal as well at the end of it which was awesome i think that's a key point isn't it really harry because the sport is like that one moment yeah next moment you're sliding down the bottom you know it really is yeah it really is and uh it's still i, I don't deal with it so well now either but um <laughs> that's fair to say <laughs> when i was yeah those, those young those younger days uh, definitely taught me a lot about it so let's move on from the early days of your career to move to more recent times. If I had to pick one moment in the more recent years when I've seen you jumping, it would probably be Arken, where you jumped your first five-star Grand Prix. So could you tell us how it was to be going into the world's biggest and most prestigious Grand Prix for your first five-star? Uh, it was, um, I still look back on it now, and I can't really believe it happened, to be honest, being able to jump there it's my first ever five-star show and it was the week after we'd done Fontainebleau she had an amazing show there we had a great team and um I just literally we, we packed up on Sunday night there and heading straight there got to Ark on a Monday morning and um yeah we we got stuck in and uh it was just unbelievable I've never been to a show like it uh, I've only I've never been there before either I'd only seen it on TV and everyone talked about it but it's like the Wimbledon of show jumping. That's what I can describe it like. It was just insane. Insane. That's amazing. I mean, as you say, when you watch it, it is incredible. But from a rider's point of view and from your point of view, this is your first five-star Grand Prix. You're walking the course. What's going through your head at that point? Uh, to be honest, the day of the Grand Prix, and I'd always said to myself, because for about four weeks but I knew I was going and I said if I ever if I quali- if I manage to qualify for the Grand Prix I'm going to be so nervous with 45 I'm going to really be a bit I said I hope I'll be alright you know because <laughs> I don't really not get nervous I've, occasionally I, I can get really like a bit butterflies but I thought there my first show going straight in on a horse that's only not I said I'm going to be really shitting it a little bit <laughs> but the, the, I take the day the day of the Grand Prix I, I walk a course and Actually, it's so weird. I had no, I felt no emotion, nothing. It was really weird. I was, I think I was completely in the zone. I must have been because honestly, I, I didn't feel nervous, didn't feel excited. I was just, yeah, ready. And it was, I walked it, it was very big to be honest. I walked number <laughs> two, and the course builder was right next to the fence. And I'm pretty sure he t- everyone walked up to the fence, he just shouted at them, Yeah, this is 168. 
<laughs> so I was like, oh bloody hell! <laughs> One meter sixty-eight was the second fence, and then we, yeah, we just walked it from there. And um, I was thinking, wow, this is going to be a challenge, but it's going to be cool. And yeah, we came out there, we came out there alive, and um, the horse jumped amazing. I learned a lot, and um, it all went from there. Really, a lot of things happened quite quickly after. I can. Definitely. You moved on and you've now jumped, had a lot of experience at five star shows and especially on the Global Champions Tour. You know, how is jumping on the Global Tour? The Global Tour is great. It's been great to me last year. It really got me, um, give me a chance, give me a, like the exposure at the highest level. I was on a team, the Miami Celtics, as they're under 25. And sadly, that team's no longer um, together, but I'm part of a new team. Um, the Berlin Eagles with um, German boys, Lugdus boys. And um, I was excited for this year, but unfortunately, um, we're going to have to wait till next year. But the Global Tours, also, it's, it really is a bit like the Formula One circuit, I could say, of, of us, our sport. Um, the shows are awesome. You kind of know what you're getting because it's the same format, same, same format each weekend. So you, you kind of know what to expect and, and what horses to choose. So it's quite easy to plan. Um, but it just gives a completely different dimension to jumping, I think. And it, it actually gives, it, I think, a, a nice breath fresh air with two riders on the team. Something different and I think something our sport needs as well. It really is. But if you had to pick a location that you like the most, you know, London's a fantastic setting at Chelsea. You've got the beach in Miami. Which one would be your favourite to jump at in terms of the actual venue? Which global? Yeah. Or? I would just I, um I I will only speak from the ones I've done and my favourite was uh, Casco in Estoril in Portugal that was beautiful um, the whole city at the, the the grass arena was absolutely perfect under floodlights big crowd yeah that was my favourite for um an, a, like a a jumping point of view and um, atmosphere it was awesome. That's brilliant. In your career so far, in the more recent years, let's say, are there any particular moments that stand out for you or mean slightly more than the others? Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's definitely been a few. One being um, Gijon Nations Cup, I believe, 28, 2018. So this was the same year as Fontainebleau and all that. I'm selected after all them shows for my um, first five-star Nations Cup team in uh, Gijon and I've been there a couple of times to watch my dad when I was really young so I kind of knew a bit about the show and it is an amazing show it's 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 like no other the crowd are crazy they're just betting all day and all night huge <laughs> like a huge crowd cheering it's it's an gr- amazing atmosphere and um Di Lampard very kindly she, she put me last to go on the team which it's my favourite position to go and I was quite um, quite surprised actually I got the chance to my first one to jump on as anchor um, Quantum Cruise he was his first one as well and we managed to jump double clear and um, yeah I was it was actually a bit of a shock I didn't think I would um, I thought I might be lucky to get one clear but to get two on the day was awesome and uh, that was a special moment for me and uh, still one of my best moments definitely Amazing. We've just mentioned a minute ago Quantum Cruise and you've got Basato and Bambina, three top horses in your stables at the moment. How have you managed to build up such a strong string? Well, it, 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 to be honest, it's a lot of um, scouting and looking and a lot of trial and error and 
you know, we had Bambina in our stable for one year before I ever sat on her. So it really is, you know, uh, just you kind of got to look at every horse and, 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 and yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird because we've not gone out looking, looking for the horse to jump. They've kind of always found us in a way, which is kind of nice. And I think a lot of people say that's how you get the good ones. They find you, but all those horses, we, you know, we, we've, we've kind of found along the way a bit, which have been really nice. And, and, um, uh, you know, Bambina and, and Quantum Cruise especially, it's not to have produ- it'd, be, it'd be nice to have produced them up to the top level. So it's been, yeah, it's been really nice. And I'm so lucky now to have horses I can compete on a regular basis at the top level with. Mm. Yeah, it's great. You've got such a good string of horses. And behind that is also your dad, who you yes. we've mentioned before, and he trains you himself. And I know working with my parents, it, yeah, it's a little different everyone's got different views and you know it's they're so influential on helping you get to the best uh, you know the best yeah. you possibly can yeah. be but can you give us a little bit of an insight on how it is working in such close proximity with your dad yeah it's um it's it's pretty pretty we get on really well um 99 of the time <laughs> we have maybe one percent of the time where we're in each other's faces all day we might have a little argument about my, I put too much milk in his tea or something, but, you know, <laughs> but no, it's great. We get on really good. We um, we kind of work the business a bit together. He he works nonstop, day and night, which is it's. it's I'd love him to have a break, and you know, I'd like him to retire one day. But he said that that'd be the worst thing ever. <laughs> he doesn't want to do that. So yeah, we and my sisters as well. Now I finished school, so we'll kind of work together a bit now. And we are yard we're always looking now looking at horses together and trying to get a few sales done it's really cool now we all work as a family really but he's great he's taught me so much um i don't think anyone could have done it better than your own own parents to be honest so i couldn't have had a better trainer i don't Mm. think definitely and it's so important that they always want the best for you isn't it and i know for myself and and others, it, they're always pushing you forward. They're always doing the best to absolutely help you. But your dad has also recently voiced uh, his opinion about the Europeans in 2021 being cancelled. I just wanted yeah. to know if you had you know, any comments to weigh in on that decision. Well, I completely agree with everything he said. Um, mm. and I think it's quite sad, to be honest, that it's come to that. I thought maybe with the the Olympics next year, it might give us a chance for some of us, you know, less experienced and younger riders to have a, have a dig at the, a championship, you know, when there's not as much pressure. If the Olympics was on, there's for sure not be as much pressure for the Europeans. And we don't even know if the Olympics are going to go ahead next year. Mm. So for them, I think it was very premature for them to cancel it um, for reasons I don't know. And Mm. maybe it was financial or something, but, I think it's still time to find a solution if if anyone they were willing to do it the mm. FBI. So um, it'd be great if we could find a solution because I'm sure there'd be there's a lot of right, especially in Britain, who'd be hungry at the chance to to go for a Europeans when free riders are already Definitely. out for the Olympics. You know. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, to me. I thought they cancelled it too early, and it gives you know another championship gives that next bunch of riders the chance don't they to get to the next level the the championship experience which is so important for younger riders like yourself to to get for when 
um, it gets into like, the World Games, which would be the year after, and you're swiftly back into the Olympic cycle, aren't you? Yes, exactly. So I, th- I thought it was a great shame, really, but maybe maybe we can work some- they can work something out. I don't know, um, but it'd be. I think there's definitely time to do it. And I hope for them the Olympics goes ahead. Otherwise, mm. it could be a bit awkward next year. <laughs> yeah, it really could. I think we're all thinking the same. But now what we want to do is what we do with all of our guests is we've learned about their career. Let's go more onto the personal side of Harry Childs. So <laughs> to start things off, what would a normal listener not know about you? Um, He's a great dancer. I was just going to say that. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, we don't do so much these days. Um, but that's, um, maybe I'm doing my pilot's license. Oh yeah, tell us a bit more about that. So I've always want, I've always loved aviation and flying, and for a long time I want. Maybe I was thinking of honestly being a pilot when I was a bit younger. I'd love that idea as a jump. And yeah, I've always been really interested in planes, and I'd love going traveling. A large part of it is going on the plane. <laughs> I really, I really just fascinated by it. So to do my, to be able to fly was always what a dream. And this year, I, I said to myself in January, I said, oh, I'm gonna do something because I, we had a month off in January, and I said, I wanna, I wanna do something just to take my mind off the horse when I'm home, have something to do outside, just to keep keep me busy and focused a bit. So I'm gonna try and do my pilot's license. And I went to um, flight school up the road, and it's really good Blackbush. And I've done about 15 hours now, so I was nearly ready to go solo as well, which is going to be really cool. So fortunately now I've not been flying so much because of COVID, but um, fingers crossed to be able to go that soon. And hopefully this time next year I'll have a license, which could be dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) So if any of our listeners want to go on a holiday and can't get a commercial flight, send Harry Charles a message and he'll he'll fly you to your chosen destination. (laughs) Well, to around about 100 miles out. Yeah, we might not go <laughs> if you want to go to Devon, we'll try. you're more yeah. than welcome. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, so now we all have a lot of free time at the moment. So what do you do in your free time, both now and when you're busy on the circuit? Well, when I'm busy on the circuit, um, I don't really get any free time. For it. It's really back-to-back. You know, you come home on a Sunday, pack and get her Monday and then you're off again on Tuesday but these days um, the evenings yeah I'm, I've, I've got all right at Call of Duty actually um, <laughs> so I'm enjoying that a bit um, and yeah flying as well obviously can't do that now but that would be my two things I guess mm. I'd get up to a bit in free time I've seen my friends from school because um, yeah I've been to school for 12 years and they all live around me so when they're home from university I always I always go and maybe get a bite to eat with them or something like that yeah. yeah, struggling a bit with that now, aren't we? But um, yeah, it's course. great to have you know a bunch of friends outside of horses, take your mind off it. And, yeah, it is. It really yeah, is. Yeah, just it's settle nice. down and be a normal person for a bit. But you know, you did mention earlier about you falling off the horse of the year show on twelve twos. Yeah. And do you have any other funny stories of you in the ring? No, I, I don't know. I don't, uh, not that I can. I probably don't. To other people, they might have been funny, but to me, they probably weren't funny. <laughs> but um, I, I can't really think it, to be honest. That that yeah. was only the really one. Like, like I fell off into, I didn't even fell off in the, I fell off out, like the pony was cantering, and I, I got stuck behind the saddle. 
So I said, I'm going to have to just do a bloody suicide here and jump off the side. <laughs> and jump off the side. So I threw my leg over and I fell off. Like I landed like between the stands and Ooh. the uh, ring. <laughs> I landed like out of the of it. It's really bad. Oh, God. I wish someone had the video. Okay. I really yeah. wish someone had the video. <laughs> so it's fair to say that you've had your fair amount of surface eating lessons in your time as a rider as well then. yeah i think we all yeah we all i think we all have mm. but it, it, it's um it's something we all you gotta live with the horses i think definitely <laughs> <laughs> and what now some quick fire questions for you would you rather win olympic gold or the rolex grand slam oh i couldn't choose i think the grand slam's harder to win mm. there's only one isn't there but then olympic gold is what we all do it for Olympic gold is the pinnacle of any athlete's yeah. career. But yeah, then you anyone. get a lot of money if you win the Rolex Grand Slam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say both. <laughs> say both. Oh, decisive as ever. <laughs> what? Why not? Okay, moving on from there then. What about if you had to pick one horse in the world to add to your string? Okay. Like, I think everyone said that will, haven't they? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We we try I should have really asked Ben that. Yeah. It is not yeah, fair. Oh, we we um, <laughs> going through the statistics of explosion, it's just unbelievable. It's yeah, just, I heard you say what was the yeah. statistic you gave Ben, it was something ridiculous. Seventy five percent clear rounds, twenty grand every time you go in the ring. No, like, what was imagine, it? It was the combination the, ranking. The combination that was, that was the. Mind. Yeah, yeah between first and what? second was the same amount of points as between second and seventy-three. I think that's it was. Crazy, yeah. That, that was. Really, um, it just shows how dominant that combination is. It really is incredible. incredible. We do have some incredible horses at the moment, and another one that I love Nothing, is yeah. DSP Alice, which I think that and that's Clooney and explosion i think will be a good tussle for the gold medal if we do get olympics going yeah that yeah for sure that would be my my three anyway definitely and i'm one of the and killer queen yeah so. killer queen is a great horse isn't it but um going on from there who's your favorite rider to watch um this is kind of difficult my favorite riders to watch would be marcus enning and, and scott Rush. Mm. but mm. the one i'd probably learn the most from would be daniel doyster yeah. Just because I, I mean, I can, I'm never going to be able to really ride like Scott and Marcus. I'm, I'm quite mm. a bit bigger than them guys. That's what I always so, say. Yeah. So my, um, Daniel's pretty similar build to me. I, I think same kind of. So I can, I can learn a lot from him and and watch him. I love to watch him. He's a very, he's, he's the most clinical rider I think I've seen. Definitely. That's what I'd use to describe him clinical. He, he Look, really. Is definitely, like Marcus and Scott are so hard to they've, replicate. They, oh, they've, they've got their own You can style. try them and you so watch the video and, and you think, yeah. oh my God, I look nothing like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they've, they're stylish perfectionists, I think, both. Mm. They're, they're really stylish and pleasure to watch. Absolutely. But if you weren't a professional show jumper, and I know you said that golf was a potential, what else yeah. could you have been doing as a career? Pilot. Be a pilot. For sure. Would you? I'd love to be a pilot. You didn't yeah. fancy the university lines? Well, if I was going to be a pilot, I would, I would have probably gone, yeah. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't change the jumping. For, yeah. We are very lucky not. to do a yeah. job, aren't we, that we love. Right, and... it's not, I, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not so a nice. job. We, don't, we shouldn't even a call it a job. Yeah, no, it's, it's, no. It's, it's, it's Definitely. Brilliant. 
Anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Harry. It's been a oh, pleasure. Thank you so much for but having me. Lastly, we just want to ask you your favourite piece of advice you've ever been told. Oh, God. Um, you've got to have good, uh, bad days to make the... Oh, to appreciate Something the like good that. times. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Yeah, you that's have to have one. bad days to appreciate the good days. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think okay. that's definitely fitting in show jumping where you've got so many bad days. The top days are just yeah. that much more special. It makes them nice, nicer. Yeah, for sure. That's That'd fantastic. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for coming on, Harry. We've learned so much about you and it's been brilliant. So, yeah, it's hopefully see you soon at some shows because they're starting up. But, you know, good luck if you get out to abroad and get to do a couple of international shows. Thank you very much. We'll hope to see you soon as well. And you, Sam. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Been great. A huge thank you there to Harry Charles for coming on. I really enjoyed hearing Harry's story of his pony embarrassing moments as well. Definitely. I, what I found really interesting from Harry's point of view was his comeback in the Europeans, which I think was in 2016, where, you know, he had a, a bad day the first day and then came back and, you know, rode his heart out, jumped a double clear and helped the team get back on track to get into that team medal position. But moving on, we hear from Kate Sweeney, the founder of this month's sponsor, Equitrade. We're delighted to have join us in part two, the founder of Equitrade, this month's sponsor. It's Kate Sweeney. Kate, thank you for coming on the podcast. No worries. Whilst we've got you here, Kate, we wanted to get a deeper insight into Equitrade. So to begin, could you tell us more about your business, Equitrade? Yeah, sure. So um, the key idea behind Equitrade um, was was to create an affordable equine advertising website um, that covers everything um, within the equine industry. Um, so the main kind of categories that this splits into is for sale and then the services categories. Um, and we've got things like horses for sale, products, vehicles. Um, and then on the services side of things, we've got um, things like free lunch grooms, livery, training dates and arena hire, uh, stallions at studs. So pretty much everything to do with the equine industry we've tried to create under the, the name that is Equitrade. So where did you come up with this idea? Um, the initiative came when Facebook stopped um, being able to sell um, any livestock um, on the site. Um, obviously, there's some really established um, uh, websites already. There's apps for selling horses. Um, but I just felt that there was a, a gap in the market for... Um, I guess the more affordable, more affordable uh, name out there um, that you could advertise anything for one uh, kind of one off fee for, for the year. Or there's obviously a lifetime membership option as well, um, just so that once you signed up as a member for the year that you could advertise anything under any category. Um, so I just kind of wanted to create something that, that became, I guess, more of a directory as well for, for, for everything in the equine industry. So we now know more about the idea and where it came from, but let's expand on that a little further. What was mm -hmm. it that sort of inspired you to get this up and running and really drove you to come up with Equitrade and get it off the ground? Um, so I, I guess the main thing was, is, is obviously, as we all know, um, the, the equine industry, is, it's it's an expense, expensive industry to to be in, whether you're um, kind of a, a, you know, a happy hacker or whether you're competing at top level. 
Um, and I just really wanted to create a platform, um, you know, despite uh, kind of what background that you're from, um, that, you know, we could all pay a reasonable rate um, to, to to advertise, basically, and, and, and to be able to know that you could go and um, click onto Equitrade and find anything that you were looking for. Um, I, I also wanted... Uh, to be able to seem really approachable so if there's something on the site that people wanted more of or if they wanted it something to become more kind of consumer friendly you know that I could be approachable um, for that if anything needed changing um, and where I built the website um, from scratch myself um, it's very easy to, to do that quickly as well um, it's not going to take some time to to get those things done. So for all our listeners out there, obviously your website is a fantastic idea. But how do you get signed up with the surface? Um, so it's really simple to get um, to get signed up. Uh, you just click onto onto the Equitrade website. So that's uh, uk and there's a membership. Um, there's a membership. Uh, function there and um, that you just click on you've got three options at the moment for signing up you've got your annual membership um which is 20 pounds for the year um and that includes all advertising under any category um there's no kind of hidden fees or costs um and then you've got your lifetime membership option um now that is normally 100 pounds um for a lifetime um sign up um, but while obviously uh, we are in the crazy times of coronavirus at the moment, I am offering 50 percent off um, so that people can can still afford to advertise um, with that lifetime membership. So that's only 50 pounds um, as a one off fee at the moment. Um, but you just you just put your details in and then you're, you're good to go. Fantastic. But we've spoken about your business and I guess what we want to do now is sort of learn more about you as a person. So tell us about sure. your involvement in the equine industry. Okay, so I am um, very much kind of an amateur within, um, within I guess, the show jumping um, side of things um, with, within the equine industry. Um, so I guess as well, um, this is something that I feel kind of benefits Equitrade because, you know, I, I built the website as a consumer myself. Um, so I compete at, well, relatively low level show jumping, um, obviously like to buy um, everything for the horse and myself as much as I can. So obviously, um, yeah, it, it's good to see kind of deals and offers and, and everything on um, as much as I can. So obviously having Equitrade there um, as a platform to, to search for things on is obviously really good as well um based in Hampshire um but yeah obviously uh, covering the whole of the the UK with Equitrade and I do like to compete myself um in d different areas of the country too fantastic and then let's move on to get back to Equitrade for a minute what are your aims let's say for the next sort of three to five years and, and the short-term aims in the next few months as well Sure. So um, the key aim um, of Equitrade, um, which I, I guess I've had from the start, um, it's just it, it would be for to, for Equitrade to become, you know, the platform that everyone, um, you know, thinks to use, whether they're buying or selling. Um, you know, so if someone's got a horse to sell or if they've got a service that they want to put on that they think to go to Equitrade. And equally, that any consumer is also going, um, you know, that has in their head that Equitrade is the place to go. 
Um, you know, as I mentioned before, there are some, you know, really great sites for, for selling horses. Um, but I just want it to be, you know, a platform where you can find everything um, and all for that one price as well. I think that's really key um, that it's it's never going to become or, you know, in my head, it's never going to become this site where, you know, you sign up for something and then you're going to have to pay all these extra costs. Um further down the line um i want it to be you know a real one price no hidden costs or fees websites um i want there to be all all categories are relevant to to any consumer and across all disciplines as well um you know not just the show jumping or not just dressage or just eventing i want it to be everything um i think as well um a, a name for me personally with equitrade would be to kind of look at sponsoring bigger classes at bigger events um you know, moving forward to have a collection of sponsored riders that I'd really like to help, um, you know, to help them achieve their own personal goals as well. I think that'd be really nice because they help me obviously promoting X-Trade at the moment. So I think if I can help them with their own personal goals, that'd be a really nice target as well. Whilst we're on the topic of sponsorship, we'll sort of go into you if we can for a second. I think it is important, isn't it, to have brands that work with you as well. What do you think on that one? Oh, definitely. I know from myself, personal experience and the brands that I work with as a rider is so, so key to, you know, help us get to the level that we're trying to get to. And I say thank you to, can't name them all. They're all, all so vital and don't want to leave any out, but they've so good in helping me get to that next level. And I'm sure there's, you know, plenty of ways down uh, where Equitrade can help riders achieve their goals as well yeah that would be the aim certainly for, for from my point of view and kate just lastly if you could give us that email, that website address just one more time so that anybody listening can go onto the website and have a look if they're looking to buy or if they're looking to advertise their horse or their service yeah sure so it's www.equi-trade.co.uk so that's www.equitrade.co.uk well, Kate, thank you very much for taking the time to catch up with Will and myself. No worries at all. Thank you very much. Thank you to both Harry and Kate for coming on this week's edition of the Full Course Show Jumping podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we have, but don't forget to share the podcast with all of your friends and look out for our social media channels as well by searching The Full Course. Have a good week and we look forward to seeing you next time.